you and your family? Well, you see, we, we lived, we were still in Germany during Kristallnacht. So you want to know from, shall I start with Kristallnacht? Mm -hmm. in, but but uh, also I want to say, I went, I went to school in the, in the village. I was the only Jewish child there. And for quite a while it was okay. And then, then they started on me, not physically just abusing me and, and I went to the teacher. I was naive as you know, I thought the teacher was going to and he, he, he was very nice. He said go to the school in the next town where there was just one teacher for for all the for all all ages, for the children that couldn't go to school anymore in the little villages. They came to this to do you follow me in this in the so I didn't learn very much. It was just and so that's what I did then. I had to take the train to get to Marburg and, 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 and leave the school there. And then uh, and I remember it was, must have been maybe the 8th of November. We were playing and we found a bottle with some kind of a content there. That was the, the, the day before the 9th of November. And we called the police. Of course, they knew what was going to happen. And... They didn't say anything, they just took it away. And the next day when I was, when I got off the train, was walking towards my school, which was held in the synagogue. The school was held, they had a room in the synagogue. I found the, the, the synagogue in flames, you know, because they destroyed on the 9th of November. And I was just, you know, how old was I? I just turned, I was just turned 12 years old. I was born in 26. So then I ran over to, to uh, some friends that lived in Marburg, and when I got there, they were arresting the men. And also, again, in my naivete, I thought they were, they were blaming the Jews for setting the, the synagogue on fire. Uh, I left there, and I took the train home, and I remember running up the yard and screaming, Mom, they, they set the synagogue on fire, and they're arresting the men that... That, that was on a Thursday, I, rem I remember that. Because we didn't have a television or anything, we didn't know what was going on, on in the rest of the world. So the next morning, I was helping my mother getting ready for the Sabbath, and I see the policeman passing by the window, and he came, and he said to my father, he was really, he was a friend of my father's before the war, before Hitler, and he said, Mr. Vietnam, I was supposed to pick you up last night, but I didn't, he was really very nice. I didn't want to disturb your family. I knew you would be here today, but I have to take you in, you know, taking to, and where are you taking him? Taking him to the next, all he knew was taking him to the next town. And so the next day was Sabbath where we don't ride. So my mother and I, because my brother was already on, on the way to, we, we walked to this, it was about five miles, and we, we walked to this town where the policeman had said he was taking my father. And we, when we got there, just... Sorry. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Take a breath. <laughs> it, 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 we were told that he that he had already been taken away. Nobody said where he where he 
then we found out later on that he was in Buchenwald, you know, in, in the concentration camp. Mm -hmm. This was all, you know, just because he was Jewish, he hadn't done anything, and um, we stayed overnight with, with some relatives in the, in the place, and what happened, the, the, the man where we stayed, he wasn't there, so they couldn't take him, but when, when they afterwards found him, they beat him, I think they beat him to death, that, that's what I was told. He, he, he wasn't there to go to, to, to Buchenwald, but they got a hold of him and, and they beat him. So my father was, was in there and then we, we heard, after a few weeks we got a card from him, you know, printed card, I'm all right, I'm in Buchenwald. Oh, but uh, uh, one thing I forgot to tell you, when, when they came to, to arrest him, my, my mother had a, a bar of chocolate. She says, just take that, you know, a big bar of chocolate, put that in, in, into your pocket. We, we didn't know what was going on. And then he, he did tell us afterwards when he came home that that bar of chocolate was a godsend because they gave them very salty food and, and nothing to drink and the, the people's tongue would swell. And he would give them a little, just a little piece of the chocolate to, to ease, you know, so that was the, that's the, the, of the bar of chocolate. And then we, we found out that going through a lot of things, they were at that point re releasing the men who had fought in the First World War. My, actually, my father fought in the First World War, and he even has the, uh, the Iron Cross, which I still have upstairs, if you want to see it. For whatever he was awarded the Iron Cross for bravery. So then, after a while, we, he, he he did come. We we did get him out, and he. I mean, also we were terribly scared to stay in our house. It was just my, where we had my my brother and my father before. It was just my mother and I in the house. We were scared. So the, the son of the the next door neighbor, the other Jewish people, he slept with us in the house for a while. And afterwards we said, go home. But I remember knocking at the door in the middle of the night. My mom said, wake up, wake up, Dad's home. I, I remember saying, make sure it is Dad and nobody else. Well, he walked in. I have a picture. I think that's what he looked like. took first this was this was my father and this it was that you see here mm -hmm. and, and and that you see my mother this was my mother and you see that picture here but mm -hmm. fear in her eyes you see that mm -hmm. and, and in in this also and that was me smiling what did I know this is a, this is a book that they made in Germany after the war do you do you speak German at all no, no. <laughs> no, you can't read this. Okay, but I just want to want to see what. Look at those eyes. Can you yeah. see? Can you see that? And him too. They took all his. He, he came home dirty and emaciated. But this was already a little bit afterwards, so he wasn't as emaciated as he as he was before. Before this, he he, he didn't want to leave Germany. He says this can't go on. But when he came back from from. Uh, then he, we got to get out, we got to get out. So it wasn't easy because there was, there was a quota. Couldn't, my brother was, a red, was at that point, 
in America and we wanted to get to America, but it's not like today that much over and they get into this country. There was a quota and, and, and our number was very high. So we were able to get into England and uh, so in my fa for, on the condition that my father worked on the land because they were short of, of help in the land, on the land and he, he worked there and he was sick, you know, from what, what he went through in, in the concentration camp, so. And he died in England at the age of 54. A sick and broken man. So, what did you go through while you were in England? What did I do? Yes. Well, I, I went to school there for seven years. And my parents were uh, interned as uh, enemy aliens during the war. They were interned on the Isle of Man. And which was, of course, a big mistake what, they, what England did. But it was wartime and they panicked. And I lived with somebody and went to school for seven years. I'm, I'm not for seven years. We lived in England for seven years. We went to school, I think, for four years. And then I, I, I learned shorthand and typing, and I, I worked, I worked for in an office there until, you know, until my father was died in England. And my mother and I came to America in 1961. No, in 1946, came to 61 in Bowling. In 1946, mother and I came here, two of us. And she lived to be 98. And she was a widow all that time. From She was 52 when my father died in England. I, mean, I, I, I made it very short. I'm sure you have questions in between. <laughs> That is. So, what made you decide to come to Baltimore? You had relatives here. When my father was sick in England, he said, "Don't stay here in England. Go to America because we didn't have any any relatives. The, the relatives that were there, they, you know, they had died. Go go to America because you know the people that we knew, they would be good to us and you know help us." Which, which they did, because um, my, my grandmother's brothers came to Baltimore already before the turn of, this, of the century, like in, yeah, I think, 1890-something, something they had, they had a, a, a store down on Child Street. It was my grandmother's, my grandmother's brothers, Cats was their name. It was Cats Clothes, I think, the store was called. That's how really the... Our whole reason, that is, that's how we got to Baltimore, because subsequently the next generation came, also before Hitler. I think two generations came here before Hitler. And well, we would have, you know, we would have stayed in Germany as it was, but after my father's experience in the concentration camp, he knew it was, it was time to get out. And we were very fortunate because we got to England a few weeks before the European war started, so so we were we, we were one of the fortunate ones really to to, to have gotten out. 
because my, my grandmother and my uncles and aunts did not get out. They were, you know, killed in, in concentration camps. My grandmother on my on my mother's side, and her her her, her brother, and my father's two sisters, and my cousin. They were all killed. So when you moved to Baltimore, what was your life like here? It was like we were we were starting to live again. This was the first time we were, that we had a little apartment of our own. We never had a well, was, we never had a home, not even an apartment of our own, until we got to Baltimore. Because you know, in England, we well, my father lived. We lived in the farmhouse, and he worked for farmers. We lived in the farmhouse, and so we were able to. Although it was just the two of us, we were able to have a little home life, you know, have a little place of our own. And, and the relatives here, they were very good to us, the relatives we had here. And it was the right thing to do to come to America, for which I'm eternally grateful. I'm sorry. I also lost my husband only 18 months ago, and I'm not quite where I should be with that. So I have to excuse me. See, like I, I, went through, I went back to Germany three times. Would you believe that? Mm -hmm. I went back three times. Because I always had a dream that I was on the outskirts of my little place and I could never get in. This was always my dream. Then after after the first time I, I, I went to Germany, then that dream stopped. When I went back, of course, nobody would talk about the Hitler times. And it was sort of just pushed under the rug. Nobody would, except, except I, I went there because there was an organization called the Christian Jewish Organization who encouraged us to come back. When, when I went back, I went back with the group and we were all together. So I, I remember one time we were we were got together in a, in a, in a, in a restaurant and a young German uh, guy came in who was born after the war and he and he was apologizing. He says, "I know my my parents were Nazis and but and I, and I'm apologizing to you for all for all that was done to you." Wow. So that and and yet I was this just came to me. I still have a friend in Germany and she was my my girlfriend and we talked. Never ever has she said to me, I'm so sorry what happened to you. And I never realized that until recently. Is that strange? Wouldn't you have thought, I mean, we're good friends, we were good friends. We renewed our friendship after my first visit back. From the time we left till I, we, from my, till my first visit back, there was no contact at all. Then we renewed our friendship. We talked. I would have thought that at some point somebody might have said, "We're very sorry for what that you had to leave for whatever happened." Not not one of them has touched that subject. I find it very, st and only recently have I realized that. I'm also realizing things now because, in the meantime, somebody has moved from the city to the little place I come from, and he's riding all about my past, and he's asking me a lot of questions. 
and bring a lot of feeling out again, which I had also sort of put to sleep, I suppose, in some way. And so now I'm, I was thinking, why didn't just one per When I went back the first time, they made a big party for me and all kinds of things and gave me this and that, but not one word of apologizing. I, 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 I don't know, but the next time I talk to my friend, if I'm going to mention that to her, I don't know what the result will be. Is it going to be for good or not for good? I would like to know, why are you not touching that subject? Because, because she said to this man that, that I had played with her until the end, which is totally not true. For at least a year, I don't think I went into her house and she in mine. And, and, I, and I said to her, well, you didn't, you didn't even know that my father was in concentration camp. She says, yes, you told me. I, she didn't, I, I, have, I have to get to the bottom of that one. Yeah. Because, you know, we were good friends and we've renewed our friendship. Can't you at least say, I'm so sorry that you couldn't have stayed here and we could still be friends? I don't know. I don't know what that means. But she was the only one. Nobody. Nobody. And I'm in touch with at least... She was my best friend. I'm in touch with at least two, two or three people. So... But but this this person who... who he, he, he speaks very good English, the one that's writing about my life in, in, in Germany. He, he's, he's much more sympathetic and he's... And he's younger. He was born after the war. So I don't know about that because I said to him in, in the little place where I lived, it wasn't as bad as in some... I, I was not never physically hurt. I was I mean, emotionally, yes, they came in, they smashed our windows at one point. At one time, they, 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 they beat up my brother when he was coming home on the bicycle and all that. But in some other cities, it was a lot worse because when they came in on the 9th of November to arrest all the men, sometimes they smashed their places. But this policeman, who had been a friend of my father's before, he, like I told you, he came and he said, I was supposed to really come and arrest you last night, but I didn't want to disturb your family. No. So, so, so that, 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 when I said this to that guy that's, doing the research and where he says, oh, I'm so glad that it wasn't as bad in, in, your, in the place, you know, that, but, but the people who were there, who were my friends, can't, can't say a word about it. Maybe they don't want to touch that subject. Maybe it's painful. I don't know. Isn't that strange? <laughs> yeah. But that didn't come to me until all these many years later, when he is opening up old wounds, this guy who wants to know all about it, he's opening up all old wounds, you know? Mm -hmm. So then that's when I said to myself, put myself in that place. I would have apologized a hundred times over. And not one word, not one word. What that is, I don't know. Anyhow, have, do you have any any questions for me? Um, I'm sure you do. I think, can we backtrack to... Yeah, back um, because I'm going over this. Yeah. <laughs> um, to England. So how long were you there until you had to go to the Isle of Man? 
My, my parents were on the Isle of Man. Oh, okay. I was not because I was a, I would have been had I been living with them at the time, mm -hmm. but they were on the farm and and there was no n nothing for me there. So I went. I had a cousin living in Kent. You know, heard of Kent in mm -hmm. in England, and she was living with a non-Jewish family who were you know, and and she said you could come. The, the, the people said I could come and live with them too, which I did. Because there was more of a life on on the farm, I was I was the babysitter, and I, she they didn't even tell me where this. I, I, fortunately, I found somebody who took who told me where I could go to school. For a while, I didn't even go to school. It happened to be a woman who spoke who spoke German because we were not that that fluent in in English yet to to make inquiries. I was of school age and I needed to go to school. So when I did go to did go to the school. I didn't know English and they didn't know German. But I sat there and I remember she gave me knitting. I was knitting a baby sweater, a baby sweater, and listening to what's going on and find you know till I caught on a little bit with the language. She didn't know how to instruct me in German or anything. But this what it was a way of learning. I sat there and knitted. The, I remember the blue blue yarn. It was for a boy a baby sweater. She gave me yarn. And I listened to what was going on, and and then eventually I, I caught on. And, and then of course when when my father, if his father had a heart attack on the farm, then we couldn't we couldn't live there any longer. And we went to a cousin, and we they were just in extra room, and. Uh, and then I I I'd, I'd finished my my schooling, and I got a job in in a, co a, a cookie manufa manufacturing. They were very nice to me, and then we, when we were looking for a place to live, he the, even they went out to look. But it was it was after the war, and there was no place. And, that, and then afterwards, we went to, to my cousin. They gave us an, a one room, and life in England, you know, it was hard. It was wartime. Because towards the end, we found out that my brother was killed, and then we found out that all the relatives that were left behind were killed in concentration camp. And so it was it was a, a rather an unhappy time. And also when my parents were were in in the um, in the Isle of Man in internment camp, I, they were separated from. They were not together. The men were in one place, and the women in in the other. And um, I I have a cousin just one left except for my immediate family, and and he was also on the Isle of Man and he was young and they sent him to Canada, and he was just telling me the other day when they got to Canada, they were put to they were put together with with the German prisoners of war, which was so wrong, and when 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 these Jewish guys got there into into the the, the, these German prisoners of war had the nerve to start singing anti-Semitic anti Hitler songs. But if you understand, you don't understand any German, do you? No. When there's Juden blood from Messerschmitt, then kids, which means when the Jewish blood sprays from the knife, then then all will be well. This this is what they say. Actually, he just told me that a couple of weeks ago, as these Jewish boys. They had no right putting them together with the with, with the German prisoners of war. They they realized that later and separated them. But that was 
these young kids who had lost their pa parents and they put them with the and that and that's what they had the nerve to sing those songs but the strange things see my, my cousin is the one who lost his his parents his grandmother who was also my grandmother and his sister he was the only he's the only one left and he he would never he would never open up about anything and i said to him once why can't i talk about your parents He's 92 years, he says, I can't handle it. At the age that he is now, he can't handle it. He's the only survivor, and, I, and, and now he can't handle talking. It's too hurtful, even at this age, at 92 or 93, I can't handle it. Wow. Is that sad? He, I'm the only one, only one left. He has, he has, he has children of his own. His wife died a long time ago of breast cancer. He has children, and he just can handle the fact that that everybody was killed, you know. But after all this, I know he's been to psychiatrist, and it's just has not cured him. But I said to him the other day, "You better stay well, because aside from my immediate family, you're all you're all I have." Because I have no, you know, didn't have any uncles and aunts as I growing up at all, and some other cousins did get out, but they were older and they they, they died a natural death, and so I'm clinging to him, you know, aside from my immediate family, of course. But now he's the only one I can talk about what what used to be, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. So I want to talk more about. You in Baltimore, so when did About you About Baltimore, yes. yes. And I, I, I came here, these, the, we, we came here, we lived with these, with these relatives on Queens Falls Parkway, lived in, 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 in their place for a while until we, till my mother and I got a place, and they were wonderful, wonderful, just as my father had predicted, he said, they'll be good to you, and they, they, they really were. I came, we came here in, in, Right before thanks around this time in nineteen forty six, right before Thanksgiving, I remember, and and uh, and then in 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 that was the end of forty six, in the beginning of forty eight, I was married, so that you know I was very, and uh, was married to my husband for sixty six years. He died he died in in March of fourteen. And uh, I, I got a job right away because they found this job for me in a department store in, in the office. And uh, it, 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 it was a happy time. You know, we could, we were with, with pe people that I grew up with. And of course, they, they, they're all dead now, those that, you know, that I grew up, because I was, I was the youngest. But their descendants, I'm still, I'm still in, in touch with. Not, not such close relatives, but I'm still in, in touch with them. And I, I have two, I have two children. One, my daughter, uh, Michelle, we call her Shelley. She, she's married and, and, and has three, ch three children. And, and she's a grandmother, and I'm a great grandmother. And. Uh, We've been in this house since 1961, and like I say, my husband died in in 19, 1914. I worked in this in this office in this de 
department store and I'm still I'm still friendly with people that you know I make friends very thank God very easily and until until my children were born and then after they were of age I worked for the psychoanalytic institute we were in in, in uh, Baltimore then and and then 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 we moved to uh, Laurel which I I drove to Laurel because I, I loved the job. Worked for, worked for them for 24 years. And I'm still I'm still in touch with with people from there. So now I'm very grateful to God that he brought me out of the jaws of it and brought me to this country. And gave me a family. <laughs> But I still mourn my brother very, very much, and all those that were killed in concentration camp. I didn't. I only saw my brother up to, up to the age of sixteen. Yeah, this is Colonel Marjan. He looked really happy. He, he enlisted. He would not have had to go into the army. So did he come to the U.S. before you guys? Did your brother come to the U.S. before you? Before he came, he came in 38. In fact, okay. in fact he, he was on, the, if I remember correctly, that he was on the boat when my father was arrested because I seem to remember somebody coming in and saying, I've brought an, an a, a telegram that he had arrived, safe, arrived safely in America, and that was while my father was in concentration camp. So why my father never talked anything about. He was he was he was not that. They said if you if you say what went on in concentration camp, we find out you'd be arrested again. He never said very much about it about the concentration camp. He never told us very much what went on there. Why did um, your hmm? brother? Why did your brother uh, choose to go to the U.S.? Then? He didn't choose. We knew it, but there was no. We know there was no future for him. Okay. So the young, the young boys, we couldn't go. But we, but he was able. One person, he was. We were able to get out, and he didn't want to. He wanted. He. We were. We were really within ourselves a happy family, and he did not want to leave. But we said he had. He had to. And he was—he went into the world sixteen years old all by himself. And he worked here. He—he he made, I think, he said nine dollars a week, and he so much for room and board, and so much for travel. I remember nine dollars a week, and he—he he made out on that in those days. But when you think of a sixteen-year-old child now going out in the world by yourself. And how did that bother? Those were sad days. Mm -hmm. I know he wanted to stay with us, and the fate that evaded us, he wanted to share. But we said, "You, you have got to get out." But little did we know we wouldn't see him again. But we, my my mother, my mother was a very special woman. She. She had another brother, and he was killed in the First World War. 
and her father died in the First World War. In the Second World War, of course, she, she lost her son and her husband died. And when, when my father, I remember when my father died, he, he, he died in 45, and she's, she didn't say, I don't want to live anymore. She said to me that night, now I must live for you. And we were, we were not, we were in a foreign country and we didn't, didn't have a home or anything. And Thank God we made it through here. She got to be 98 years old. Um, you said mm. in the beginning that um, back when you were living in Germany, there were only two Jewish families. No, but no place, yes. You mentioned that um, you two, the two families were related in yes. some way? Yeah, we were related. The, 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 uh, i show you. This is, the, this is the place where I told you we came from. Mm -hmm. It says it here, you see. Mm -hmm. But this was, this, this, these pictures were taken from in 99, everybody had to have a picture taken with the, like the left ear showing. You know, imagine that. And what was the sense of that? You see here the left ear showing. And this, this was, and, and it, it, I mean, the saddest and the most ugliest pictures you could imagine. Me, I, you know, was, I, she was, and, and this is the other family. Here it, it, it says here, it gives the names. This, this, this was my father's first cousin, this lady here, and that's her. And they, they were our neighbors. Uh, her father, her father and my grandfather were brothers, and her mother and my grandmother were sisters. So it was good, you know. And these, her descendants lived in Baltimore, and that's, that's why we got to Baltimore. Her, her. Her children, her children lived in Baltimore. These these people. I hope you're not taking pictures of me because it's the way I'm behaving. Oh, don't worry, the camera the camera's off now. Send it off. We just have the voice recording. It's better. <laughs> because I can't. It's it's. It, I'm an emotional person. I cry at the least little thing. Yes, this was. Well, I'll just say. And, and it's it's a this book is about all the people who li who lived in in the area, and a lot of their children went to that school that I told you about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in fact, I think I have a picture of it. Stage should have brought over that. Yeah, I sent pictures to that guy mm -hmm. in Germany. Mm -hmm. See, this, this is 
That was the school, the one teacher. No. But the one, these were just, we, we went on a trip, just a few of the people that were on the trip. And I'm standing next to the, to the teacher there. He, I don't know, can't recognize me, can <laughs> Most of these people were killed, most of them. Hardly any of them were left. The, this was my, the cousin in, in Canada, that's his sister who she was killed. And this was my good friend, she was killed. You see all ages on there. So you're saying about Baltimore now, I, I live here alone, but I have the most wonderful neighbors who are very good to me. I mean, I should be getting out of the house. It's too big and too much, but I've been here so long, and it's hard to it's hard to pull out again, you know. Yeah. I've lived in I've lived in so many places. This is the longest, of course, I've lived anywhere, because in England I've li lived in different places, and uh, so. And as my children grew up, they they, I thought I had raised them the way every American raised their children, but they were no. We, 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 we know we are children of Holocaust survivors, that we are, it's different. They felt, them, they who were born in this country felt they were different. Because it, there was, I know, there was always a fear, you know, raising them, because, I don't know. I, try, I tried to be as American as I could, but there's the, the, some things you just can't change, you know. Mm -hmm. Because you would want my children to grow up like all the other children. Yes, and I'm I'm go to a lot of uh, Holocaust survivors organizations and things when we get together, mm -hmm. and you know some occasionally, and uh, of course it's very. Um, also in 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 Baltimore we we had a it called the Chavrahavas Chesed where when when they came over here and somebody died and and it didn't belong and it didn't know where to bury them. So they, they created an organization of Holocaust survivors and eventually bought their own cemetery and everything. And, and in, the, in the early days when I couldn't speak English so well, so they, they got together and maybe, I guess they spoke German then in those days. And you know, please take something. Can I give you something <laughs> cold to drink? Yeah. Please take, 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 take. take some water. <laughs> They're, they're homemade, you may eat them, chocolate chip cookies, please. Then I guess I have to eat one. And this was a very good organization. But now that everybody's involved in the, and everybody is involved in the rest of uh, this organization, it still exists because we have our cemetery, but the social aspect is not there anymore but because there's no need for it anymore. But when there was a need, it, it, was, it, was, it was wonderful. It was a very good organization to give people a feeling of a little bit togetherness, mm -hmm. you know? Is this the same, or do you know the name of the organization of um, the photographer that came? I don't remember. Yeah, because it was in Pikesville. <laughs> well, this, this, was, this was local, I guess, in Ahmed and other places. They had, I'm sure they had something because people need to get together with each other, mm -hmm. you know? But now they're, they're all dispersed and, and active and other organizations, you know, mm -hmm. there's no, no no need anymore, and it's okay. 
it served its purpose. But we still have our, the, the cemetery, to which it, a, lo a lot of people then, who were not Holocaust survivors joined our, the organization because they respected some of the values it had. And uh, so, like at the cemetery, it's not strictly those. There are others there too now. Yeah. And on that cemetery, they have a memorial for people memorialized the people who were killed, you know, in concentration camp. Mm -hmm. Where my brother is is on that on that because also something I I didn't tell you. It's of interest. After I retired, I I uh, volunteered for the. Red Cross Holocaust Tracing Service for over 11 years. And and there was um, a, la a lady there, she, she came from the Philippines. She also worked there. And uh, one day she said to me, I'm going back to the Philippines, be there for a little while. You told me your brother is buried there. Um, if you have any information, let me have it. So I have all the information. And a few months later, I'm coming, and then, oh, um, there's a, a package there for you. That sweet lady went, got her, her daughter to, to drive to Manila to the cemetery. And when she got there, she found, you know, she, because I had only, she found the grave, and it, it, it was mar marble, I think, and the name had washed away, and she had it. She had it engraved, grave and took, took a picture of it. Yeah. And, and that was in that envelope. And then, and then later on she went again and she said, I put a candle in front of your, your brother's grave. I hope you don't mind. Was that something she went with? I think I have, to, I have that picture. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's the cemetery where he was. I put the pictures. Oh, yes, yes, there he is separately. Where you put the candle? Mm -hmm. Where she put the candle? Well. That's the, the. This this is the lady in the middle. She had her cousins take her there. Here here it is. You can see it better.
imagine that? She went a lot. She drove a long way there to go to, to go to the cemetery. That's nice of her. That was the two of us when we were little. That's cute. Do you mind if we take picture? Um, just take a picture of it before we leave. Here's here's a bigger one of his grave. See, mm -hmm. that's the same thing, but it's bigger. She had that in gray because it had all washed away after, after so many years. Has to have his social security number. In the Holocaust tracing, we traced people, you know, that that some of the relatives didn't even know were still alive, you know, and mm -hmm. did that for 11 years after mm -hmm. I after I stopped working. But now it's come to an end because, you know, nothing more to be found. There are a lot of things about him. A lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff, right? So there's anything else that... that did you want to know? I think we have everything. Yeah, I think yeah. we have everything. You think you have? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you explained a lot of things yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for... Why wouldn't you please take something? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you something hot to drink, some tea, coffee. Here, can you? No, I'm good to drink, but I will take yeah. some of your cookies. Please.